It's the show the establishment warned you about. And welcome back to the Dr. Tommy Show, broadcasting from the free state of Florida. I am your host, America's Free Market Doctor, and this is Tracy. Hello. Tracy's back. I've been, I've been out for a while. She's been out uh, doing important, important business. <laughs> and we are broadcasting here from the free state, and you can join us online at drtommy.com slash podcast. And for your convenience, we are broadcasting uh, both in video and also uh, via any of your MP3 favorite download platforms. We're on Rumble, too, because a lot of times um, the stuff I say gets tagged on Facebook. I'm sorry, on YouTube is uh, maybe disinformation. So Rumble might be a good backup plan for you. So today is uh, your birthday. Today is my birthday. I don't know if I look older to you guys or not, but today is my birthday. Happy 44th. Thank you. And, you know, patients think I'm older than I am. I am yeah, I'm 44 because of the uh, uh, Polly Galtieri <laughs> hairstyle I have. And, you know, for me, it's a hard thing to be have your birthday on the 31st because usually uh, Doctor's Day is around the 31st, too. And so it's kind of like those people who have birthdays around the time of Christmas. You know, I don't get, oh, as, yeah. I don't get to celebrate as much. You know, for my birthday because <laughs> Doctor's Day is such a big, big, uh, oh, yeah, big thing in our house. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with it. DeSantis is the uh, governor down here in our free state, and uh, he's running against a couple people. And uh, one of the people he potentially is going to run against is uh, Nikki Freed, who is the current oh. secretary of or commissioner of agriculture. And then he's also going to run against potentially Charlie Crist. Well, this is from The Blaze. It says, DeSantis trounces potential challengers in poll. It says, a uh, St. Leo University Polling Institute survey of Florida residents found that Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis enjoys a sizable lead over several potential gubernatorial rivals. So he's beating uh, Nikki Freed uh, when they do a hypothetical poll with her, 50.6 to 27%. Well, I'm not surprised, though. We do have more Republicans in the state than ever, apparently. Yeah, uh, Charlie, or Charlie, uh, Governor, Governor DeSantis had a press conference the other day, and he said that there's 100,000 now more Republicans than there are Democrats. And historically, this has been uh, more Democrats. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how Hillsborough County is going to rate, you know, because we know Hillsborough County is a, a Demo- blue county. Yeah, it's a blue county. So I'm wondering how that's going to, you know, if, you know, where are all the Republicans coming? Yeah, that's a good You're, question. Uh, well, we know several have come here. Yeah, yeah, that's come for here sure. To our county. Well, this but one. I just wonder where we know the influx of people. We know they're coming from. A lot of them are coming from California, mm-hmm. uh, New York. Wonder where are they moving to? That is mostly. a good question. He beats Christ, uh in the poll, forty-nine percent to thirty-two percent. So that's a pretty bad walloping. Yeah. I mean, most of the time when you are running in a state like this where it's pretty much, uh, you know, it's even for the most part. If you have a six-point difference, that's huge. That's a blowout. Six mm-hmm. points is a blowout. Well, Lord, he's got... <sighs> well, you know what? He's a negative Nelly. We didn't hear, Christ? Yeah. yeah we, didn't he hear, we didn't hear much from him during COVID, but then towards the end, he wants to come out and bash the way Governor DeSantis handed th- handled things. I don't know. Charlie you know, Christ he's, just, he's a negative Nelly. Charlie Crist may not run in this election. I have a good, 
there's a good chance that, like this poll says, that n- neither one of these guys are going to come close. They're going to both no, get pounded. Definitely not Nikki Freed. Right. No, She's unlikable. Absolutely. And um, it, if you're Charlie Crist, look, you've carved out kind of a niche as a congressman now. You used to be a governor, failed as a Senate campaign. Uh, and so if, since uh, 2010, basically, he's not won a major contest. Right. He's won a Congress but he, he got beat by Marco Rubio. He got beat by Rick Scott. And so he may just want to sit this one out because how many losses can you take on your ledger before your career is over? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would I would sit it out if I were him. I, I don't know. I think he won't Yeah, sit it out. You know, this has been in the news recently. This is a, about a, the slap heard around the world. Chris Rock being assaulted by Will Smith after or before presenting the Oscar award the other night. And uh, this is kind of interesting because Will Smith, as you, most of you probably know, unfortunately we all know this is uh, a cuckold, which is, I was going to say, what is a cuckold? A cuckold is a person whose wife is unfaithful to them. Oh, and usually (laughs) a cuckold is something that is unknown to the person this way. And this, and this, and this Will Smith's wife. Yeah. Right. Okay. And Jada Pinkett Smith. Well, this is a, from Breitbart. This is uh, John Nolte. He has an idea that this reason that he slapped uh, Chris Rock because of this is because he's basically uh, he's very embarrassed by this. And and the reason why is because in his in his memoir, apparently he wrote about Jada uh, Jada and her relationship at that time with Tupac Shakur. Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, none of this is a secret. This is from the article. It says, Smith himself has appeared on the show, most notably with a frank discussion about Jada, about a period of non-monogamy in their marriage. And he's, oh, that's something else. Let me read this part. This is from his memoir. He goes, uh, okay, this is uh, Jada Pinkett Smith and about uh, Tupac Shakur in the early 90s. This is from his memoir. Will Smith. He says, though they are never intimate, their love for each other is legendary. They defined ride or die, which I don't know what that means. In the beginning of our relationship, my mind was tortured by their connection. He was Pac and I was me. Pac was like Harry, Will Smith's younger brother. He triggered a perception of myself as a coward. I hated that I wasn't what he was in the world and I suffered a raging jealousy. I wanted Jada to look at me like that. So anyway, that's interesting because, uh, you know, when we saw that, it was really bizarre. This guy runs up on stage and just slaps him for no, well, not for no reason, but it's just really out of character. It is out of character. Um, I, I don't think that it was uh, the right thing to do. Um, Will Smith is looked up to by so many people. You know, he's played superheroes, you know, he's in usually the in movies. Good, good, wholesome movies, too. Yeah. So you've got this um, man, this actor that everyone looks up to a lot of young kids um runs up on stage and slaps another man yeah what are young kids thinking i wonder well just like yes just like uh uh most things in in our society nowadays this has now taken on racial overtones okay so this is from forbes this This is from forbes Breitbart, <clears throat> Forbes via Breitbart. It says, Forbes contributor, white supremacy to blame for Will Smith controversy. Oh, my God. Forbes contributor, 
Maya Nigel Hoskin has written that white supremacy is to blame for the controversy over Sunday night's altercation at the Oscars in Hollywood, where actor Will Smith hit comedian Chris Rock. It says, perhaps the larger question that we should be asked is why are blacks in Hollywood have routinely been expected to grin and bear embarrassment and degradation without expressing any discontent or risk as being viewed angry? Furthermore, why is it permissible for a black woman's health condition to be made content for a few cheap laughs at an Oscar award, at an award show? Will this incident overshadow the hard work of Will Packer, the, back, the black man who produced the award show along with an all-black team for the first time in history? I didn't know that. Did you know that? No, I don't. I don't so, you know, the Oscars, they've been uh, controversial now on, amongst the woke because they're too white. Okay, so um, Will Smith is black. Right. His wife is black. Right. And Chris Rock is black. Right. Because now, because in today's society, we must note everyone's skin color. Yes, we have That's to. That's the first thing you have to notice. First thing. And then, then figure out quickly who they have sex with. Yeah. You know, we watched, we were not watching the awards, obviously, um, ceremony, but we did watch the video. And, um, you know, in the video, it does look like Chris, uh, no, Will Smith laughs. He smiles. He struts back and smiles. Yeah. So we kind of like a little, you know, a little smirk about it. You know, I mean, I thought it was basically a laugh. And, but his wife wasn't happy about it. So then he has to, you know, puff up mm-hmm. his chest and, and um, you know, oh, you mean there. when the when the joke was first told? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you talked about after he smacked him because then he walked back and he was like laughing. No, no. When the fir- when Chris Rock first said the joke, you know, they show yeah. Will Smith and he looks like he laughs about yeah. it. Well, you know, it's funny because earlier on the show, someone made a joke about their open marriage, and he laughed and she laughed. Oh, they belly laughed about it. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was another presenter, whoever mm-hmm. they call. It. I don't know her name. But that's back to this article that John Nolte was saying, was saying that he's a, this guy's, he's got to bear this because as a man, I don't know. Well, it, it, would take, that, it would take a different man than me to walk around with other men looking at me and knowing that my wife's infidelity is public knowledge. Yeah. Well, the thing is, she did have an affair with you know a man but they were but will smith and her were separated at the time yeah so they were not together so i think that you know i think that is important but then i guess when they um got back together they agreed to an open marriage right yes and this is what he said this is this is from uh this is a uh will smith when he was on the tv show he goes uh, never, Jada never believed in conventional marriage, Smith said. Jada had family members that had an unconventional relationship. She grew up in a way that was very different from how I grew up. There were endless significant discussions about what is relationship perfection, what is a perfect way to interact as a couple. Uh, he goes, he goes. basically he says, we have given each other trust and freedom with the belief that everyone has to find their own way. And marriage for us can't be a prison. Right. So, uh, yeah. Right. You know, and that's probably her thoughts you know what she told him mm-hmm. look i need other i need other men in my life yeah and he's like well what am i going to do you yeah. know i want to stay married to you okay then we'll we'll have an open marriage hmm. i mean a lot of people do that i think you know swingers not everyone you know yeah just sticks with each other but i think that's i think uh that is as far as i could tell that's a pretty good explanation of why he hauled off and hit him is that He's, had, he's been bearing this, you know, obviously from this, he's been bearing this uh, 
what do you call it? Humiliation, mm-hmm. sadness, grief about it. And then he has to put on a smile. Like the, like the person said that, you know, the black people have to put on a smile and, and not be angry in Hollywood. I don't know what white supremacy has to do with it, but I think it that's more true of the psychology. And you know what? It's perfectly fine. Okay, so we know that anyone that's hosting any of these awards ceremonies, they do it in the Country Music Awards, they do it in the Oscars, you know, the Emmys, everything. They all make jokes. Yeah. They all make jokes, okay? So sometimes, yeah, they might say things out of line. Yeah. That's fine. If Will Smith wanted to get angry, no one's going to complain that Will Smith looked angry. Just be angry. Discuss uh, it later. But to go up and actually assault a man, well, it's over the top. Another another way I look at it too is if you're gonna if you're gonna assault somebody, assault them. He smacked them. That's why a lot of people kind of think man that it was, smacks another man. I mean, that's, that's why a lot of people think that it was fake. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe because he had to show us, you know, he's, I'm a man. I'm gonna, you know, stand up for yeah. my wife. Maybe that's why he just slapped him because it didn't it didn't look too painful. Yeah. Well, Will Smith. If you played, punched him, that'd obviously be different. Chris Rock might come back and punch him back. Will Smith but played Muhammad Ali in a movie. Uh, <clears throat> before Ali, but that was a not a very good. I mean, that was not a very strong punch that he threw. If he had even hit him, I don't know if that would have knocked Chris Rock down. I don't know. Either way, um, it was wrong. It was wrong. And the uh, only thing that I was going to say that if he wanted to make a point, though, he should have just, he, if you really want to make a point about it, knock him out if you're really that mad. You know, yeah, just yeah. hit him. He did seem, when he went back and he was yelling, keep my wife's yeah, name, yeah. I mean, he did yeah. really seem angry. Yeah. Well, you know, he's got less self restraint than Johnny Sack did. You know, I think what happened to Johnny Sack and Jenny Sack was even worse in The Sopranos, where they said that she had a 90 pound mole removed off her ass, Ralphie (laughs) Sepharetta. Yeah. And then Johnny Sack wanted them clipped, but he he had more restraint than Will Smith. Johnny Sack, who's like at that point under. And they should have taken uh, Ralph out because he was a jerk. Ralphie got it in the end. He did. He deserved it. This is interesting. This is from, uh, what's this? Um, this was from mhealthintelligence.com. It says 51% of clinicians worry that telehealth hinders ability to show empathy. It says, though a majority of clinicians worldwide expect most of their consultations to be remote within the next decade, 51% that telehealth, 51% believe that telehealth will negatively impact their ability to demonstrate empathy with their patients in Newport revealed. Mm. Well, that's true that, um, well, I don't know about it's true for, for the patient or for the physicians, but I know it's true for the patients because mm-hmm. the patients that we've had join here who are, who hated telehealth. I don't think telehealth is a good idea. Um, I, I think that, you know, a physician needs to take a stethoscope and listen to their heart, listen to their neck, mm-hmm. touch on their belly. You know, they need a real good thorough exam. Once you have, you know, once you know your patient, well, okay, sure. They get sick, you know, at some point. Well, you, yeah, you can do telehealth. You can talk to them on the telephone, yeah. but you just... This is about replacing a, the relationship that is traditional with telehealth. Some people will love that idea. You okay. know who will love it? The who? tech people. Probably. Because they get to design the software for it. Mm-hmm. And then they get government contracts to design software for mm-hmm. Medicare. This would be a huge payment for <clears> tech <throat> companies, which we know are in bed with the government big mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I just read an article this morning about pharmacists um, providing more um, telehealth, po- point of care type of, oh. you know, um, 
strep tests, flu tests that, um, you know, it's getting, it's getting more popular Mm -hmm. in several states. So instead of going to the doctor, um, this particular article was talking about a woman and her, her children, they were sick and she lives 15 miles out in the country and it was more convenient for her to just run to the pharmacy around the corner and have her pharmacist do a strep test. And then he can, he was, this pharmacist was actually allowed to prescribe a medication to the child. And they can do, um, give, um, HIV prevention, um, you know, certain just illnesses. I don't know. I was just thinking, when do pharmacists have time to do that anyway, even if they want to? Yeah. Why would a pharmacist want to is my question, because what if you, uh, get sued because here you are practicing medicine with a pharmacy license? Yeah. I wouldn't want to, if I was a pharmacist. I don't think, but you know who drives it is the corporations that employ these pharmacists because they say yeah. this is another way to generate revenue. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I just think that um, if I was a pharmacist, I would I went into being a pharmacist because I want to deal with pills all day. You know, help patients in that aspect, not treat them. Yeah. Well, I can see why patients like it because above and beyond, above and beyond everything, mostly the majority of patients just want convenience. Right. They don't care if you. Uh, they don't care if you know what you're doing because they, they have a good idea what they want anyway. Right. You know, especially when it's in terms of sickness, like, you know, as we've all heard, you know, I have a sinus infection because mm-hmm. I've had a runny nose for one day and they mm-hmm. want antibiotics. Mm-hmm. That's all they want. Mm-hmm. And if they could get that from a kiosk, they would. Oh, yeah. And I believe that will be the future is the kiosk. You walk well. into a kiosk, <laughs> you pull the curtain back. Beep, 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 beep. And then this doctor pops up on screen, mm-hmm. wherever this doctor may well, be, that happens, or nurse practitioner. That happens already. So yeah. you can go to Publix. Yes, you're right. And you can, you know, They're sit in down. A room. Yeah, you can sit down on the computer, and then they talk to you. I just actually seen a. I think it was a commercial I just seen over the weekend where um, it's all about telehealth. Remember, I showed it to you. Which one? It was an article, and um, I was watching some. I was on my computer, and it was an article, an ad that came up. So they send you a kit. And it's, you know, an ear thing, you know, and so the patient does everything themselves. Yes. (laughs) And they, and it's, they said it's free. I don't know how it's free. Probably through your insurance is free. But, um, anyway, they keep track of your, you know, your health and your wellness all on a computer and, um, you, they had some kind of little machine that you stick out your tongue and they can look in your mouth and your ears. I was like, good grief. Well, I think I think a lot of it is driven by corporations, and they see this as a way. The big key is 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 that insurance going to pay for it? And if insurance pays for it, they'll go for it, yeah. whether or not it's good medicine or not good medicine. If insurance reimburses for it, they'll go for it. Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, you know, telehealth really became popular in the last two years, and um, I know a lot of people. Have, you well, know, know they're fine with it. They they think like it's convenient it because it's easier for them. Because they can just sit down. I've never done it this way, but you can sit down in front of a computer and just have this list of patients that you're going to just. Yeah. Hello. My sister had a telehealth visit for her eyes. Right. So she had some high pressure in her eyes. Yeah. And her follow up visit was telehealth. Yeah. And it was basically like, so how are your eyes doing? Oh, they're not any better. Okay. Well, let me change your medicine. Okay. All right. Stay on the line so they can get your payment of $75. Yeah. Like, they didn't even they didn't get to recheck your pressure. I don't know. She thought it was ridiculous also. She wanted to go in, but that was not an option. They're going to have to give it up, though, because this COVID. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they won't have to give it up. But the COVID excuse is 
getting less and less potent by the day for the reasons that do telehealth. Yeah, only. I think a lot of people are just thinking, come on, we got to let it go. Yeah. When you call someone on your on hold for two hours and they're saying, due to COVID, right. like, okay, you got to come up with a new excuse. Right. This is something that I, I hate to say that I was right about. Oh, you don't hate to say it. Uh, well, because of the co- content. This is from a Gateway Pundit. It says, beyond the pale for any civilized society to consider, newly introduced California abortion bill could legalize infanticide for several weeks after birth. Did I not predict this? Do you remember me telling you this? This is the next thing. This is the next thing that's going to come. After the child's born, there's remorse about having the child. It's inconvenient. They're going to be able to kill the child. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be legal to do it, but there's not going to be any penalties to do it. Well, this is from uh, Breitbart. And it says... uh, Uh, We all know how extreme the liberal bastion of California is already. However, AB 2223 takes things to a whole new level. This is pure evil. This is from, like I said, Gateway Pundit. And this is an excerpt from the bill. A person shall not be subject to civil or criminal liability or penalty or otherwise deprived of their rights based on their actions or omissions with respect to their pregnancy or actual potential or alleged pregnancy outcome, including miscarriage, stillbirth, or abortion, or perinatal death. AB 223 also includes the most radical language of all proposals and clearly exposes the true colors of the radical pro-abortion lobby, according to Thomas More Society Special Counsel Charlie LeMandry. The bill explicitly allows for the, quote, brutal murder of newborn babies for weeks, months, or potentially years. LeMandry said, pointing out that the federal government defines perinatal as up to 24 months following birth. What? So you can kill your child? Well, if you read it, this is the law this way. If this law is passed, this is a newly proposed bill in the California state legislature. So it's not been signed yet, but you know they'll sign this. So the men right now, men and women that are sitting in prison right now where they've killed their child, threw the baby up against Maybe the wall. Maybe they can come out. So, or, so you take the baby to a center and then it's done by a doctor? Or can you kill your baby yourself? It, it doesn't say. It says this is what the words say in the current bill, which has not been signed into law yet, but the proposed bill. People yeah. are sick. Well, it says a person shall not be subject to civil or criminal liability or penalty or otherwise deprived of their rights based on their actions or omissions with respect to their pregnancy or actual potential or alleged pregnancy outcome, including miscarriage, stillbirth or abortion or perinatal death. I just read an article this morning about Colorado. So you have um, all the people from Texas running to Colorado to get abortions, to get abortions. And they're very proud. They just ordered a new machine in Colorado um, that um, can kill your baby up to 20 weeks. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Disgusting. And, um, you know, they're talking in this article about how it's not right that um, some women are going to be forced to pay for their abortion out of their own pocket. No, that's not right. (laughs) That's not right. Can you believe that? So they want to kill their baby and they have to pay for it themselves. This is a society overall, which is morally uh, sick. And uh, the more this stuff takes hold is the more you think that maybe the end's coming soon. Well, you know what? How maybe much longer? It, maybe that's what we need. If, we start over again, yeah. even though we've done it once. Well, we know what the next step is. If you're a Christian, the next step is rapture. Yeah. There is no starting over. That's just a ball game at that point. Yeah. But you you got to believe, though, that a, a, a culture can't live like this. 
Uh, well, plus, what else can, what other extreme laws can they possibly pass? You know, they want to kill babies up to two years old or, you know, 24 months old. What else? You, you that, always wonder that's the end of how society. much crazier could we possibly get? That's the end of society at that point, I think. If, you, if that becomes a law, then I think you basically say this culture is over. But I predicted that. So we I? just will just barely missed the cutoff for Olivia. Yeah. Didn't I predict that? Though? Remember? Yeah. I yeah. said, this is what's coming next. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, and, but I, I didn't say, well, this, they're extrapolating out that the federal government defines perinatal as 24 months. Mm-hmm. Therefore, <clears throat> this law will apply to perinatal, which therefore will make it 24 months. Mm-hmm. The law doesn't specifically say it, it says mm-hmm. perinatal. What state is this? California? California. Of course it's California. Yeah. Well, Colorado is a little crazy too. Yeah. And um, what's the other one? Um, Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. Remember that story we read about a woman? Now, what brought to mind was a assisted suicide. But in or it wasn't in Oregon, but Oregon has assisted suicide or physician suicide, whatever you want. But in France, I believe it was, there was a woman who was uh, had dementia. Mm-hmm. And they said, the family said, she doesn't have a quality of life. Mm-hmm. Her quality of life's not good. And so they decided maybe it's time to end her life. So and I guess there's like a three-step process. First, you have to take a sedative, and then you have to take something else. I remember else, this. And the sedative you drink. Mm-hmm. Or you use it as a pill. Maybe it's a pill. And they tried to give it to her. They're like, Grandma, Grandma, it's time for your pill. She's like, what are you talking about? This, I don't take this pill. This, this, what is this pill? Just take it, Grandma. Don't worry. And she wouldn't take it. So then they put it in her tea. They're like, Grandma, it's time for your nighttime tea. Okay. And she's it tastes funny. And they forced it down her throat. They held her down. There was like three people that held her down. This is for down. your own good. Three people held her down. I think one might have been a, a family. Her daughter. Her yeah. daughter's son. Yeah. Because I remember we were saying, well, what's their... <laughs> yeah. And they forced it on her and then she died. Yeah. That's murder. Well, that's murder. And this is murder too. This California bill's mm-hmm. murder. I, I do agree with assisted suicide. Um, I think a bit, obviously they need, you know, if you come up with, if you have a chronic illness and you know, you're suffering, it's been five years and you're like, you know what? I'm ready to go. I'm going to take what some about sleeping if you're pills. Not? What about if you're just sad? What well, about I'm if about you say, look, I don't have anything to live for. I don't know. I think if you have a terminal illness. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's you know, terminal illness. Yeah. Terminal illness, not depression or anything like that, but a terminal illness and you're going to die anyway. Yeah. And you just want to leave. You just want to get it done. I'm, you know, I'm in pain every day. Um, I want to just go ahead and give me a pill, Tommy, so I can just go. I was talking to someone whose family member had this assisted suicide. I think it was in Oregon. And the way you do it is you plan for a day. You say, okay, Friday the 13th or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. going to, this is the, uh, they said that the events leading up to that were very, Traumatic, bizarre for the family. Yes, yes, and they said. No. So they said that the uh, the events leading up to it was just odd. It was just very uncomfortable, and mm-hmm. then it eventually took place. But I can imagine, like today, we'd be like, "All right, you know, oh, Tracy, you know what? For, for tomorrow's a big day, you know." Mm-hmm. It'd be, but. Yeah. Well, you know, we've both seen everyone has probably um, encountered a situation where you have to watch a loved one die. Yeah. And I, well, if they came to me and said, you know, I'm ready to go. I'm just laying here. I'm in pain. I'm, I'm miserable. Can we can we do something to end this? I think it's OK. Well, I think what's underutilized in the United States for sure is palliative care. Yeah. yeah. Palliative care, if done correctly. 
achieves similar result to suicide. Yes, you're right, but it's if unfor- done correctly. Unfortunately, because, because you relieve the suffering. So let's say right. you are a cancer patient, and you're suffering, mm-hmm. and you're in pain all the time. With palliative care, you can give them enough medicine mm-hmm. to make it to where they're not in pain, right? Which will have the side effect of ending that person's life right. because of the side effects of the drug. But that's not your intention. So mm-hmm. palliative care, if done correctly, not all the time, obviously. But palliative care, if done correctly, is is achieves the same result as not having to suffer that a physician assisted suicide would do. But it's an interesting question. It's a, it's an important topic to talk about, right? Because there is, you know, you have to say, well, at the end of the day, you know, like Walter Williams said, I own me. Mm-hmm. I own Tommy McElroy, and it, how do I show that I have ownership because I can control my body? Mm-hmm. So at what point? is you know do they draw a line you can control your body to that point but not to this point mm-hmm. that's what the <clears throat> the idea behind legalizing drugs is or decriminalizing drug activity because if someone's if someone's uh, shooting up heroin in their home mm-hmm. and we find out about it and we can you arrest them and take them to prison yes you can yeah. but i mean they want to shoot up heroin honestly that is there i i don't i don't condone it i think hopefully there would be different reasons for it but they need drug treatment. Mm-hmm. They don't need to be put in prison, charged uh, with a crime. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Well, the thing about um, palliative care is it's uh, usually not done soon enough. No, it's not. It's done usually within days of death. Usually days. Um, the patients, you know, I mean, with your stepmother. Yeah. I mean, she never even got to start her yeah. morphine. No. And the reason for it is there. I think there's a lack of a discussion with doctors about the end of life they don't want to talk about it it's an uncomfortable thing and the patients don't want to really talk about it either so it's just kind of left not spoken about Mm -hmm. and then it's just it just happens to where you get to a point where they say look we have to have palliative care because we can't you know take care of their pain but by the time like you said it's too late Mm -hmm. you know it's already so but i was always you know saddened by that when i was a resident because these people would come in these old older people you know, a lot of comorbidities. They're not going to. They're not going to survive. Mm-hmm. Look, they're not going to survive. But they would be in there to ICU, getting pressors. You know, to keep their blood pressure up. They'd be on, you know, Zosin, all these antibiotics, trying to save them from this bacteremia for what? To send them home, possibly send them home, mm-hmm. and then just bounce back again, or just withdraw these invasive measures Mm -hmm. and then give them palliative treatment. Right. You know, like you said before, I I do, I think it's up to the patient and what they want. You, you know, some patients are like, yes, give me CPR, do everything you can to save my life. I am not ready to go. Okay. Then do that. You know, but they always do ask you when you go to the hospital, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, what your feelings is towards that. This is an interesting article. This is from the American Greatness. This is a follow the science or follow the money. This is from an excerpt from the book, The Real Anthony Fauci, written by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Jr., Robert F. Kennedy Jr., prior to now, was uh, royalty among progressive circles because he's he's RFK's Jr. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, he's Kennedy. Now he's not so much because of this. So he wrote this book? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. a very, uh, from what I understand, I haven't read it, very well um, researched book. Okay. But it's talking about Anthony Fauci and all of his dealings. Anyway, this is from the book. This is just a few things. This is something that I was not aware of. Uh, it says, The Real Anthony Fauci. And this is some of the things that are from the book. 
Bullet points. The CDC owns 57 vaccine patents and spends $4.9 billion of its $12 billion annual budget buying and distributing vaccines. The CDC. Uh, High-level NIH physicians, including Fauci, receive up to $150,000 in royalty payments on drugs and vaccines they help to develop and usher through the approval process. It says, between 2010 and 2016, every drug that won approval from the FDA, 210 different pharmaceuticals, originated from research funded by the NIH. Uh, It says, Fauci, from his position at the head of the NIAID, dispenses $7.7 billion annually in the form of research grants, including $1.7 billion funneled annually from the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, a power he uses to reward those who do his bidding and bully and defend. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it says that <clears throat> this is the last thing. It says the FDA receives 45% of its budget from pharmaceutical industry through what is euphemistically called quote user fees. So basically the, the pharmaceutical companies say, Hey, I just, I, I just had this, um, I have this drug we, we, we sent in the market and we needed to go through the process. And the, and the FDA says, okay, well we need, we need to have money to test your product. So it's like, okay, here's here's forty five billion dollars. Yeah. So moral of the story is we need to come up with a drug. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the moral of the story is you need to come up with a drug, or you need to uh, uh, get on uh, some board or something of these pharmaceutical companies, and then lobby the government, mm. and don't have to come up with it yourself, but just be around it. Mm. And that's what the big thing is with the with the way our government runs is most of what the government's doing is finding ways to get money from the treasury mm-hmm. long time ago uh, milton friedman said that the invention of medicare and medicaid was only to allow corporations to more easily eat at the public trough mm-hmm. that's what his reasoning was for medicare and medicaid under the auspices of helping old people and poor right. people blah, blah, of course blah, blah. they're always helping but that's interesting. So I'm interested in reading well, this. This is a huge article, though. It's got all kinds of stuff in it. It talks about... Yeah, well, we might have to purchase this book. Yeah. And then one last thing I want to talk about is uh, President Biden is doing a potential tax gains, uh, uh, unrealized gains on tax, taxes on unrealized gains. This yeah. is part of their new budget. And this is for all you homeowners out there. It says President Biden on Monday unveiled a new minimum tax targeting billionaires as part of his 2023 budget request, proposing a 20% rate that would hit both income and unrealized capital gains of the wealthiest Americans. And so you may read that and you say, well, I'm not a, I'm not a billionaire. What do I care? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you a little story about that in a second. But then the article says, uh, this is a Brian Brinberg, who's a, is an economist. He said, they're going after billionaires, but this is the same administration that wanted to add 80,000 new IRS agents. They're not there to go after billionaires. And the story is, is that when the IRS, or I'm sorry, when the sil- um, income tax amendment was first passed, I believe it was in 1916, they said that this income tax will only ever affect the top 1.5% of wage earners. And you see where that's got us. Yeah. But unrealized tax gains means if if you have a, a stock that appreciates, say you do well in a stock and it's worth you know, 10 times more than what it was when you bought it, at the end of the year, you're going to have to pay taxes on that, even though you never sold it. Yeah, I don't know how they can do that. It would probably be unconstitutional. Because know, yeah, because we know that, well, I'll use the examples for stocks. Um, so we know you can lose a lot of money. Yeah. So let's say in December, you've got $100,000 and then um, your stock just nosedives in January. So you had to pay your ta- pay taxes on it in December. And then what happens in January when you no longer have that money? 
I don't yeah. know. It just doesn't seem like they can do that. And I tell you one thing for sure is that billionaires are not going to pay this. Uh, billionaires and the government are kindred spirits. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're together for each other. They use billionaires as 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 a uh, cover to say, look, it's it, we're not attacking uh, you. We're attacking the billionaires. But billionaires aren't going to pay this. Mm-hmm. Billionaires will find out ways, trusts, other things, companies to shield their assets mm-hmm. to where they're not going to have to pay this money. But the trickle down will happen. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Where they say, okay, oh boy, you really did well on that stock, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, you know, firefighter and doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, you, you know, you're going to have to pay it because now you fall under the wealthiest uh, mm-hmm. category because you make over, let's say, $200,000 a year. Suddenly that's wealthy. Yeah. And not to speak, and those people who make $200,000 a year, uh, they're not getting all these handouts that the rest of the people are getting. And on top of that, they're going to have to pay unrealized tax uh, gains on taxes on unrealized gains. That will kill the economy. I don't know how they can do further. that. I don't know how we're going to even make it now. With the price of food and gas, I don't know how we're going to make it. We have a, we have a patient, so a truck driver, said that a few months ago there was an uptick in the fuel, pro, fuel cost. He's a truck driver. So mm-hmm. he said his fuel costs overnight increased. And it was a big increase. So at that point, after that big increase, he was paying $1,700 a week in fuel mm-hmm. to haul stuff back and forth. Well, that was then. Now he's paying anywhere from twenty-seven dollars to $3,000 a week in fuel. That's insane. I don't know how we don't pay more for the stuff we have now already. I'm surprised if the, the price of hamburger is not $10 a pound. I know. Well, you know how I've been buying... Um, uh, those eggs, I think there's like 60 yeah. eggs and they're like $8. Mm-hmm. I priced them yesterday. They're $10 now. $2 up. $2 up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're... everyone is seeing it. Everyone is seeing the price of you. Obviously everyone's seeing the price of gas when you, you know, or at the gas station. Um, but food but income's too. not going up. Income is not. Well, you know, they are saying that, you know, I see signs up everywhere. They are paying $15 an hour for, you know, yeah. low skilled jobs, yeah. but you can go make $15 an hour. And that's have, because they don't have anybody wanting to work. Yeah, that's true. They're they're desperate for employees. But like, like, I wonder if we did a poll of our patients and said, okay, have you had a 7% raise last year? Mm-hmm. Did you have a 7% raise? I know we didn't have a 7% raise. No. Our prices are the same. Our prices are the same. We didn't same. raise 7%. So we're mm-hmm. just, you know, making do. Mm-hmm. It's not the, you know, boohoo us, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. people's incomes aren't going up with the rate of inflation. Right, right. We'll be pretty soon that... We're, we're going to have to expand our garden to our whole yard. <laughs> I know. Well, we just had a patient tell us, too, that they bought a, their, a cow their going, neighbor. Yeah, they're going in um, because we know the price of beef. Mm-hmm. So chicken has gone up, yes, since fish has gone up. But the price of beef mm-hmm. has gone up a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, this is gonna, they're going to get 150 pounds of beef. I don't know what the price is, but um, it'd be better than what they pay in the store. Yeah. Well, there's that Bloomberg article, too. They give them tips on how to... Uh, how to uh, adjust to the inflation? They said, uh, "Don't don't have big family gatherings. Yes, invite less fewer people over for Thanksgiving. Eat soybeans. Yeah, I eat think. beans instead <laughs> of uh, er, eat, eat the plant instead of the animal and cut out the middleman is cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did they say? Oh, take public transportation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean these are unrealistic things. Okay, could you imagine us taking public transportation? Yeah, yeah right. I mean, most people cannot take minutes. most people cannot take public transportation. You know, I'm going to go to a bus stop and sit and wait for the bus, yeah. and then they're going to drop everybody off. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
it's an extra two hours yeah. out of your day yeah. if you decided to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless you lived in a, you know, the city. Yeah. But we Which don't. made for that. Yeah. Yeah, well. Well, that's an interesting uh, collection of articles. But anyway, I don't know. For all of you out there who are joining us for the first time, welcome. And check us out on drtommy.com slash podcast. And then if you're in the area and you're looking for a face-to-face doctor and nurse, and you're also looking for uh, someone to return your call uh, because it's such a hard time for patients to find doctors who will return their call. Mm. And we just met a couple this morning who said their doctor just won't return their call. All they want is a doctor to return their call. And so mm. we're here for you. And if you're interested, uh, cruise on over to drtommy.com and check that out. In the meantime, uh, it's good to have you all and have a good rest of your week. And until next time, bye-bye. Bye.